goes out to you today for listening to Eco Radio KC on 90.1 FM KKFI Kansas City Community Radio. This is a locally made exploration into positive solutions to some of today's ecological challenges for all of us working to create a healthier future for our communities and for the world you live in. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. My name is Darnell. Today on Eco Radio KC, host Terry Wilkie speaks with Margaret and Thad Kramer, owners of Hidden Hollow Farm, a local organic food source. Both are environmental activists. Not only do they talk the talk, but they walk the walk and are glad to share their knowledge with others who want to walk on a less impacted planet. The topic of today's show is plastic bag ordinance. Listeners, both consumers and retailers, might be wondering how to live with that. We want to educate and advocate for a more equitable, eco-friendly, and resilient lifestyle. That way, you can not only shop and buy what you like, you will learn ways that end shoppers' remorse about the damage of those ubiquitous plastic bags. Environmentally friendly decisions to reduce, reuse, and recycle can help us all save money, time, and resources so that we we can enjoy life more fully. We at Eco Radio KC are glad to encourage awareness and protection of our world. Our goal is to ensure our listeners are aware of how we can create a sustainable present for a sustainable future. Now our show. Good evening. This is Terry Wilkie, and I'm glad to welcome my guest, Margaret Kermar. Margaret, are you there? Yes. Thank you for coming. And her husband, Tad, is around. Tad, are you there? Um, yes. He, sure. Okay, sure. well, good. Yes. Yeah, we can hear you both. I just was checking my sound because uh, we're using Zoom for this part, and I thank you for that. Margaret and Tad live some distance from Kansas City. They live, they're the owners and operators of an organic farm. And you want to tell us a few words about that, Margaret, how you got started with It's Hungry. Hidden Hollow. Hidden Hollow. Thank you. Because there's this double H. There's more than one farm. Hidden Hollow. Right. And so it's nearer to Topeka, I think. And it's organic, right? Yes. Yes. We're we're halfway between Topeka and Lawrence, just north of Big Springs, off Highway 40. So you and I met on the job years ago. You were a civil rights investigator. Yes. And then we see each other again at the farmer's market, nigh on every week. And then you have become very active, I would say, in the environmental issues, both with Sierra Club and just on your own account. At the farmer's market, you use all environmentally sustainable packaging and you hand out a card for uh, your customers and so good on you 
Now, I want to open this first section with talk. What we're going to talk about is a celebration of the fact that the city of Lawrence has passed a single-use bag ordinance. And this happened in early August, just a month ago, about one month ago. And the ordinance has been in discussion for years. And they have been through multiple versions of it. And so the intent of the ordinance is to reduce the use of plastics in the city. Now, Margaret, you want to say a few words about this? I mean, I really celebrate the city of Lawrence for passing this. It's, a, it's great. So do you want to rough out for the listeners what the ordinance, as it's passed, says? Well, it just says that there will be no more that that establishments are not allowed to give out any more single-use disposable plastic bags, which has a technical definition that they have to be more than 4.0 milliliters um, in thickness. And But obviously, um, this is a chance for all of us to get our own bags. I mean, we can carry our goods and groceries out of the store in anything we choose, a box, a backpack, um, a laundry basket, a big potato burlap bag. The idea being to keep all of this plastic, these plastic bags, you know, out of the waste stream, out of the rivers and stream, because there's really no upside to them. I mean, they they can't be recycled. They never decompose. They do break down, but they break down into very tiny little pieces that we end up inhaling and ingesting in our bodies that, that adversely affect our health. There is really no upside to single-use disposable plastic bags. Well, thank you for that. And certainly I agree because... Believe it or not, Margaret, I am a person who has gone to the store, and if I only buy two items, a bottle of champagne and a bottle of beer, I carry those out in my hands. Right. <laughs> because, And I have seen people put single items in plastic bags, except that from retailers. And um, so we really... Uh, have developed a reliance on this plastic bag as if it's, I don't know why. Do you have any ideas that the psychology well, of using the single-use bag? I can remember when there was no such thing as a single-use plastic bag. I and mean, you and I are not that old, Margaret, I'm telling you. Right, I can right. too, right. But I mean, it used to be at the grocery store they put all the groceries in brown paper bags. And brown paper can break down, you know, and it's compostable. Not, And then all of a sudden they started asking, do you want paper or plastic for some reason? And then a lot of places switched to plastic. And I mean, we know what is driving it. The oil industries are looking at a future trend when people are converting more and more to electric and they want to be able to make money. And so they are heavily touting plastics. I mean, you go to the store now and what is in plastic packaging is ridiculous. I mean, even soap might come in a big plastic bag wrapped in smaller plastic bags. And I, I, I can, even something like buying non-fat dry milk 
I mean, I can remember when you could get a big cardboard box or a little cardboard box. Like a Quaker Oats thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, of, of nonfat dry milk, and you could pour out what you wanted. And now it comes in a plastic bag with smaller plastic portions of nonfat dry milk, you know, measured out for you. And it's, it's we, we really need to kind of push back on this by, if nothing else, emailing the company and saying, hey, could you switch to a more eco-friendly, sustainable packaging, you know, because yeah, there's, it's just more and more and more plastic all the time. Well, you want to suggest that one of the reasons for the broader use of plastics is that people and corporations that are invested in the sales of oil rely on the use of these oils to make plastics. Plastics are a petroleum-based product. And I think you're absolutely correct. There are statistics that show that we, in fact, we, the corporations and the individuals in the oil business, drill and refine more oil than we need for our transportation purposes, our heating purposes, And so some great scientists along the way learned to turn it into plastics. And I think at first, plastics, because of the novelty of the idea, because we didn't have, well, I was saying to the listeners, Margaret, how you and I met many years ago, it was the early 80s. Heck, did we ever think about the climate? Did we ever worry about the world back then? Um, Well, Briefly, they they were worried. Then I had a professor in college who was worried about the ozone lay, layer. Oh, sure, that yeah. was the first thing yeah. up, yeah. And, that and was they an, they mm-hmm. actually got that a little bit remedied because of cutting out chlorofluorocarbons. Mm-hmm. So right, yeah, that was in I spray do, bottles, right? right. And yes, I, and so that was corrected, and then the ozone right. layer is a little safer. And so, well, you're absolutely correct, but certainly. Over the years since, and it's just a few years, the emphasis on what we can do to sustain the planet and what we can do to reduce our carbon footprint has become a nigh-on everyday topic of discussion. I mean, it's hard to avoid it when we're subject to extreme bursts of weather from very high temperatures to very, very low temperatures, as in two years ago, it was way below zero, sub-zero, and then the winds. And so it's crystal clear to us that we need to do something to make ourselves more in sync with the planet and what the planet needs. And so this ordinance that was passed by the city of Lawrence in early August and has been passed by other communities, granted, but locally, this is a, let's just say yahoo for this, because I would say when it passes, everyone who is active with the government, and that includes the citizens, anybody can talk about it, they're all aware that we need to take care to correct climate degradation. And so we pass an ordinance 
that I believe is intended to ask people to change their behaviors. And so, Margaret, here's the easy, I'll give you the easy question. What, what can a person do? And you've already said this once, but say it again. Bring your own bags. Or container. Isn't that the truth? Yes. That's and, all you have to do. And nothing could be easier. I carry my bags in my car. If I happen to go into a store and don't have my bags, the heck, they've got wheeled carts. I simply put the product back in the wheeled cart and push it out to my car where I have the bags. Um, then when the bags are soiled, I launder them. Do you have any tips about I use my handbag for many things that I purchase. What, what do you do? We just have a big stash of reusable bags. A lot of them are cloth. Some of them are kind of plastic, and we just keep them in the trunk of the car. Sometimes if you're listening to an interesting radio program and you kind of bolt out the door and you head toward the store and you say, oh, wait a minute, I need to go back and get my bags. But we just have a big supply of them in the trunk of the car. And we've gotten to the point where it's just automatic. We remember them. We carry them in. We throw them in the grocery cart. And then when it com comes time for checkout, we hand it to the person and they put our groceries. And, and, and we do this not at grocery stores, but also other retail places. You know, if you're buying clothing, if you're buying miscellaneous stuff, you know, toiletries or whatever, go, go ahead. I mean, bring your own bag. Offer it to the checkout clerk and... They'll put it in there for you, so. Well, that's genius. I only have one thing to add to that, Margaret, and that is I don't know if anyone would want to do what I do, but I tell the retailer when they put the item in a plastic bag before I'm aware of what's happening, I don't want your plastic bag. Right. <laughs> and so now I kind of have a reputation. Lawrence is a relatively small town. They, the clerks see me coming, they're like, oh, she doesn't want plastic. And, you know, good. Um, good on that. I think it's uh, extraordinary that people, I, I, I go through drive-in food places, and they try to put my food in plastic, and I just say, okay, no thanks, no plastic. And it's easy. This can easily be done. And then I feel better about not having a huge stash of plastic bags. When we come back after this break, we will discuss on the off chance that you get plastic, that you have plastic, what can you do with it, and uh, what the retailer's response is, not only in Lawrence, but nationwide. I'm Terry Wilkie. You're listening to Eco Radio. I'm talking with Margaret and Tad Cremar. We're talking about single-use plastic bags. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Janine Jackson, host of Counterspin, your weekly look behind the headlines. Counterspin couldn't exist without stations like KKFI that put community first. We're proud to air every Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. And if you miss it, you can find it at kkfi.org. That's Counterspin every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. right here on KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. 
says ordinary people can't make a difference. Regular people started their own community radio station in Kansas City. KKFI has been on the air now for over 30 years, supported by the community. KKFI's history is online at kkfistory.org. That's kkfistory.org. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Writing poems and interviewing family members might sound like assignments for a language arts class. But a Washington State-based nonprofit called Islandwood is helping middle school science teachers weave these sorts of activities into their lessons about climate change. The focus of our work with teachers is connecting the learning, the teaching they're doing in the classroom to their local place, their community, their students, the interesting identities of the students, the local ecosystems. Brad Street is Islandwood's Senior Manager of Professional Development. In one teacher training course that his group offers, instructors focus on the problem of flooding in Washington's Snohomish River Valley. They model lessons that middle school teachers can take back to their own classes, from analyzing local seasonal stream flow data to interviewing elders about how things have changed over their lifetime. Students see how science is actually relevant in their own place, to their own culture, to their community, to who they are, and they see that they can take that knowledge and do something with it, ideally. He says that local, personal perspective can make them more excited to learn about a global problem like climate change and eager to help their communities respond. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. This is Terry Wilkie, and we're talking to Margaret and Tad Kramar. You can hear them in the background. We're discussing the single-use plastic bag ordinance that was just passed in Lawrence, Kansas. And Margaret and I have roughed out in that first section how plastics are poison, the production of plastics uses fossil fuels, which is not good for the carbon um, CO2 in the atmosphere, causing wild temperature fluctuations, in, in my opinion. Margaret, do you agree with me there? Well, of course. Yeah, okay, yes. yeah. And then um, we talked about what the particular ordinance in Lawrence means. So that means that Starting in March of 2024, no retailer, well, certain retailers, food retailers really, will not be able to use single-use plastic bags for goods. And then that is incumbent upon the consumer to bring their own bag or use a box, use a um, cart and carry it out to their car and put it and then take it into their home at that point or figure out some other way to do it. Now then, there are exemptions, farmers markets, um, garment bags from the dry cleaner, we'll we'll have to work on that later, right, Margaret? Uh, Newspaper bags. I mean, I remember when newspapers were tied with a string, and then they went to rubber bands, and now they put them in plastic bags. On my part, I do recycle all my plastic bags. What about you, Margaret? Well, um, 
they say that although we have the <clears throat> illusion that all of our single-use plastic is going to be recycled, in actuality, only 10% of it is. And there are numerous sources that say that, that the numbers on, you know, the, the plastics that are more, that are, are, are really delineating the type of plastic they are and really have nothing to do with, with recycling. And we're, we're just to the point where we just have fewer and fewer plastic bags. But, you know, an, an, another thing that we need to add is that if someone really feels economically challenged about being able to come up with another container, say, start now and save a stash of your own single-use disposable plastic bags. You can use them over and over and over again. Again, a plastic, even a single-use disposable bag that is used again becomes a reusable bag. You know, so I, I really want to push back on this idea that um, the economic that it would um, promote a hardship for the economically disadvantaged. Well, I think that that is very true, and the easiest thing in the world is to carry your own bag. And I think that speaking of economic advantages and disadvantages, the ordinance as is written does allow the retailer to provide a heavier density plastic bag. And that would be more expensive for them to purchase, but it's just like the single-use plastic bags now. The cost of those to the retailer goes into the grocery bill or whatever type store you're at because it's just a cost of doing business that they put into their overhead. And consumers are paying for the less expensive single-use bags, and consumers will pay for the more expensive, higher-density plastic bags. So the absolute best solution would be to simply carry your own bag. Don't you agree, Margaret? Right, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, get to cloth, you know, you, there are patterns where you can knit these bags, you can crochet them, they can be very decorative, they can really have a lot of flair. I mean, there are patterns on the website of how to make bags, and we get some, we, we even get them through the mail. I mean, we have charitable organizations that we donate to, and one day we'll open up the mail and they said, thank you for being our sponsor, here's another bag. Almost any time you go to a conference, lots of public events where they're having promotional opportunities, they hand out these bags free, very often cloth and high, high quality bags. So I don't see that much of a problem of getting your hands on these and then you just have to use them. So when I go to um, the farmer's market, I, I did purchase a reusable net bag, which is launderable. And for many items that I might buy in the produce department, I simply put them in my larger bag and have it dealt with at the checkout, have the the count and the weighing happen at the checkout, which can be done. And then if it's small, like cherries or berries, 
green beans. I have a net bag that I put these smaller items in, and that's doing me real well. Do you have have you done anything like that? Um. Yeah. Yes. We have we have bags like that definitely. Yes. Say something. Yes. Um. And I wanted to talk about what the stores are doing about the single-use bag. When the Sustainability Advisory Board was meeting with retailers about the ordinance before it was passed, Dillon's Grocery, Kroger's, said they are departing bags nationwide. Hy-Vee was noncommittal. I found some news preparing for tonight's show, Margaret and Tad, that shows that Walmart, imagine my surprise, you know, I was in Bentonville, I was in Crystal Bridges, and I drove past Walmart corporate headquarters, and imagine, in my imagination, I thought, okay, can I go there and ask to talk with the sustainability department, but I'll tell you the truth, you guys, I did not try. I have tried to contact Walmart stores uh, by going to a main manager. It's it's very, very difficult to communicate with that corporation. But anyway, they have internet news that says, and it's recent, stores in New York and Connecticut will no longer offer single-use bags as of January 2024. And that's because states such as New York and Connecticut are passing single-use bag bans. And several other states have enacted similar bans in recent years, but the majority of Walmart's locations still offer plastic and paper bags. So if you like the idea, uh, Margaret and I have explained to you the problem with plastic bags, they don't degrade. They turn into micro pellets that I've reported on the news and eco radio for well over a year. These micro pellets are everywhere in people's bodies, all over the internal organs, even in the blood of every person living in the United States. And they never degrade. So a paper bag would be, would avoid those poisons. However, I personally don't go for paper bags because of the um, logs lost, because of the logging. Um, Although I do trust that we'll come up with some better solutions to paper. I hope we just don't make a paper plastic um, piece of work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And ultimately, to address both of those problems, the easy thing to do is to carry your own bag. And then, um, you know, there's no worries. Right. Now, I think we got off paper bags because they would tear. And so retailers, they... The the manufacturers invented plastic bags because there's a surplus of oil, and the plastic makes the oil, that oil makes the plastic, and then those were more durable. But over the years since that happened, 40 or 50 years, those single-use bags are so thin. Many times I feel like people walk out of groceries or retailers with 
single-use bags, and they rip and tear. Right. 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 They can tear, too. Yeah. They're as thin as um, a Kleenex, almost, it seems to me. And then if they are more durable, you know, quiet as it's kept, the consumer can reuse those plastic bags. I have been right. known to use the same plastic bag 50 times. Right, right, right. And certainly in the case of the heavier, higher density plastic bag that the ordinance is going to allow retailers to offer the consumer, those bags would last for a good long time. Now, sure. I would agree they're harder to clean, so if people are interested in having clean bags, carry your own bag. Those bags are launderable, right? Right. right. Oh, Terry? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you were talking about other retailers. Not, I think a month ago I saw a sign on the door of Sprouts saying they were discontinuing single-use plastic bags. I don't remember if they said when they're doing it. Maybe they've already done it. And, and we know the Merck for years has not offered any kind of plastic bags. They have like cardboard boxes if you need them. It's things that otherwise would probably be recycled. And then I've heard uh, Aldi is the same. We, our, son lives in, our son lives in Kansas City and shops at Aldi's and he says that they don't issue plastic bags either. Right, and then there's Aldi's the never store. did. They use boxes. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right. Well, they're they're kind of European, I think. Yeah. I don't. They they probably have discontinued those in most of Europe already. <laughs> yeah. Right. We have had um, people on talking about the state of climate affairs in Germany, and believe it or not, in Germany, buildings are made with triple pane glass mm -hmm. for the for the cold and the heat. And then they, Aldi's a German retailer, since it began in the United States, which is way before people were worried about single-use plastic bags, they did not use plastic bags. You use a box. You can certainly put your box into your city recycling bin. And boxes are available at the Mercantile. That's really the model retailer for food in Lawrence, a community mercantile. And um, so you can just not take a bag, use your handbag, carry your own bag. They have a big bin of boxes near the cash register. You can put the things in boxes. And that's very effective. My name's Terry Wilkie. You're listening to Eco Radio KC. Today I'm talking with Margaret and Tad Kramar. We're talking about the fact that the city of Lawrence, Kansas has very recently passed a ordinance which is going to restrict the use of single-use plastics. And we're trying our level best to encourage everybody to join the bandwagon and carry your own bag. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this. Oh, the band is not just. Let's explore, let's question, let's decolonize together on Ebony's Bones. Tune in every Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Hey, Maynard. How many of those extra cars or boats do you really need laying around? 
Yard is starting to look like a junkyard. Did you know KKFI would take one or all of those vehicles, running or not? You could get rid of them, providing you have a title, and KKFI would receive the funds, which would be a tax deduction for you. Call KKFI at 816-931-3122. This week for our calendar, I want to give a shout-out and referral to the calendar published each week by Green Ability Magazine, available to all at greenabilitymagazine.com. Most events this week are found at that site. Just a few more events. Almost time for the 2023 Paddle, Missouri Capital to Capital trip, Jefferson City to St. Charles, Missouri, September 23rd to the 27th. You can register now. Email Mary at streamteamunited.org or call 573-586-0747. To find more information about the Women's Bike Summit on Saturday, September 30th, visit bikewalkkc.org. Tuesday, September 5th, 6.30 p.m., there's a Thomas Hart Benton Group of the Missouri Chapter of the Sierra Club General Membership Meeting at 300 East 39th Street, Kansas City, Missouri. For more information, contact Kevin Grooms at kagrooms at gmail.com or call 816-809-6906. My name's Jackie Bean. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio. This is Terry Wilkie. We're back after break. I'm talking with Matt, with Margaret and Tad Kramar. Kramar, I bet a lot of people say that. Matt and Thargrit. Yeah. (laughs) They say Kramer. Yeah. All the time. Well, it's spelled like that, but it's fine to, yeah. It's kind of a French pronunciation. (laughs) All right, so we've been talking about plastic bags, and where we got to is we covered retailers, and then I want to talk about other cities and states. Now, currently, the United States has not placed a single-use plastic ban on a federal level. But this responsibility has been taken up by states and cities. The states of California, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, that's de facto, Maine, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington, and the territories of American Samoa, Guam, the Northern Mariana Islands, United States Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico have banned disposable bags. More than 300 municipalities across the United States now ban or charge fees for single-use plastic bags. And so it's unclear how effective these laws have been overall in terms of whether they have reduced plastic trash, for example. If, if we had passed an ordinance that said, nobody can get a plastic bag not if they want to very much you know we would find plastic bags in people's basements garages and cellars for many many years don't you agree with that and they won't have degraded Uh now it's a problem (laughs) i mean single see you know one one point that i would would like to make is that plastics per se are not evil Plastic is a very good material, for example, for storage, if it's thick, you know, keeps out water, keeps out rodents, 
but and there and like medical uses of, of plastic you know and unfortunately that probably goes in the landfill but they're not having to sterilize these instruments over and over and so the problem is single use disposable plastic you know plastic forks and spoons that are thrown out instead of washed you know plastic dishes they could be used again thrown out um our school's cafeteria i mean when when one of our sons went there they washed dishes now we understand that they serve lunch on with with plastic that they just throw out at the end of the meal and i mean all that stuff is going to the landfill it's not being recycled and people are just getting so hooked on convenience and they're they're just getting lazy i mean i i talk you know here in big springs i'm in a knitting group where some of these people have have lived on the land for a hundred years or their ancestors have and i was talking to a woman who said that her in-laws if they didn't make it they didn't have it but you just think about her carbon footprint would have been so they they grew all their food so they didn't have to worry about carrying anything you know home in, in plastic um she probably would have canned um or had a root cellar for the extra so she didn't have any of that and i mean food packaging is a real culprit and that's something that we have to watch you know when you go to the grocery store stand there in front of the shelf and say do i want to reach for the plastic or do i want to reach for the paper which would biodegrade or is this something that i could actually make myself you know and it's single use plastics and don't even get me on the subject of plastic water bottles uh, you know the phrase no, that you're I on have, the subject now margaret you got to go ahead <laughs> okay next will they bottle air i mean how ridiculous are those again when we were younger you got water from a faucet you got water when you sat down for a meal people weren't i mean okay if you want to have water every minute but people didn't get your own reusable water bottle i mean talk about a bamboozle to the consumer to be paying plastic water bottles your own good money for water that you can get out of the tap we are fortunate enough to live in a country where we don't have to worry about contamination and getting sick from our water and so people just look at your consumption habits and say could i be doing this in a friendlier way to benefit the earth and an, an, another thing that i'm going to get a, a plug in on is um we live inland and so we don't think much about this but a lot of these plastic bags and plastic garbage they're going out in the ocean and they're choking and strangling all kinds of of sea animals turtles whales seals i mean one of the things that that is so imprinted in my mind is that i cannot forget it was a picture of a seal with a big plastic bag over its head and i mean my only prayer is that the photographer could have stepped forward and ripped that thing off because it was totally panicked it knew it was going to die and you know it was in the throes of death with this stupid plastic bag over its head and i mean so i mean think about where it goes it does there is no 
upside to single-use disposable plastic bags. Well, I want to do you one up, Margaret, on the sea turtles, which, as you say, are very, very far from us. I worked for a federal agency, and we had occasion to tour meatpacking plants in in Kansas. And so the way that's done, the very large corporate uh, meatpacking company walks the cattle into onto a kill floor, floor they're stunned, a chain is wrapped around their hooves and they're hoisted up, and then a worker makes a cut down their gullet and someone has to reach in and pull the stuff out and many times they pull out plastic bags. Oh. It's not unusual at all. And so this is just right here in River City. I, I wonder if people haven't caught fish that have pieces of plastic in them. And yeah, I am sure that that is, and maybe deer as well, if people um, are hunting and butchering yeah. deer. It's, it's, a, it's a social problem, it seems to me. And then the how we can make things better is to simply carry our own bags and i usually don't go to the store more often than once a week and so i'm going to do some shopping and i push a cart well i have my bags and i put them in the cart on the bottom and then as i check out I scan all the items and then I'm right my bags are right there for me to refill the bags or give them to the uh, merchant to, to uh, more and more when I go to the store it's a self-serve grocery that's it's curious to me that we're worried about the profits of uh, retailers um, I think that where they're spending most of their money is keeping their stores cool and uh, warm in the winter wouldn't you say yeah it could be yeah well i wanted to say a few words about uh how this marketing of single-use plastics and as you said in early in the game margaret we wrap items in plastic and more plastic and more plastic you have mints that are in plastic and then each individual mint is in plastic and it just goes on and on. Right. And I believe that this is intended to rather make us germ phobes. And so I did a little research on germ phobia uh, before our show tonight. And the John Hopkins University said exposure to germs helps build good immune systems, especially when the exposure is at a very young age. Right. But now then, there is the advent of virus. There's more and more of us. That's one of the reasons why our trash, our refuge, is such a big problem for us, because there's so much of it. There's so many of us. And um, I don't want to pretend for a second that it's not important to be clean. So 
as I say, use your own bag, launder that bag when you feel like it's dirty, and it's important to be clean. It's important to keep the surfaces of your home and your kitchen clean, but not too clean. Because right. to make everything extremely clean is not good for our immune systems. And there are other ways to avoid catching germs and or viruses from people. Every, what we learned from COVID besides Zoom, and I'm telling you as a radio person, man, do I love Zoom. I'm, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure COVID invented Zoom, but certainly it came to the forefront at that time. So what we learned from viruses is it's important to wash your hands. It was important to wash your hands before COVID, but certainly um, it is important to wash your hands. It's very important to social distance as best you can. You can wear a mask. There's nothing wrong with that. Vaccines are important to help resist viruses. Uh, can you guys think of anything to uh, add to that? Well, I mean, one, you know, the Lawrence Ordinance is written so that if people want to put all their oranges in what they call a little produce plastic bag, they can. But if you think about it, how many people eat orange peels? I mean, every once in a while for a recipe, you have to grate a little bit of it to get one tablespoon of orange peel, but a lot of fruits and vegetables don't need to be put in one of those little plastic produce bags in the first place. You know, you just wash them at, at home. You know, a lot of them have peels and skins like an avocado that you're not going to eat. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we have gotten really germ phobia and um, yeah. I, I definitely remember that that study that you're talking about. It, it said that kids like in Europe that grew up on, on on farms where they were exposed to like animal manures and dirt and everything developed a lot of a lot fewer childhood illnesses and asthma um, than kids who lived in totally sanitary conditions. Well, it's very important not to be afraid of germs because germs we're made of, we have germs in us right. at birth and certainly at death and certainly probably more so at death <laughs> but germs are with us and there's no reason to be afraid of them it is important to be clean you don't need to be excessively clean so it's okay to reuse single-use plastic bags that you get, especially when they're that higher-density plastic bag, as opposed to a paper bag, which if anybody's been on the West Coast, East or West Coast, and seen some of those logging operations, it would break your heart to see how right. fast trees can be cut down, and they take right. f tens of, yeah, 50 years to grow. So. Margaret, I wanna thank you. Uh, I've got your card with me. I'm gonna read it to everybody. This is a card that you prepared, and it's a note card, a postcard, and you give at the farmer's market booth. It says, let's cool down an overheated planet. We expend energy through our daily food choices. Here's how you can dial down that thermostat. Grow your own food, if only one tomato plant or herbs on a windowsill. Convert part of your yard to a vegetable garden, berry patch, or orchard. 
eat fresh produce in season that does not have the carbon footprint of that being shipped from somewhere else. Shop for this healthy, nutritious food at your local farmer's market and bring your own bags for carrying at home. So, Margaret, you see me almost every week at the farmer's market. Have you, uh, have you seen me use one of your bags or do I always carry my own bag? I think you almost always carry your own. Well, I always carry my own bag. I, I'm just <laughs> so used to it now. And I feel good about it. I, I feel good about doing that. So I want to thank you both for being on Eco Radio KC today, and we've had a really nice talk about something that can be easily and positively done. Don't you agree? Yes, and I I have to put in the plug today. I'm so proud of myself. I launched a website that has tons of environmental messages. It's plainsspeaking.com with two S's. And so... Plains, P-L-A-I-N-S, speaking.com. And I have further reading about the environment. I have a whole lot of environmental tips. Um, I'm blogging about the environment. So if you want another source of information, that's it. Well, good on you, and thank you for being on Eco Radio. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Good news, good planet, good news. It's time now for your good news for a good planet. From the hood to the agri-hood, a new initiative in urban farming is expanding the concept to entire agricultural neighborhoods or agri-hoods. Agri-hoods combine farming with community-supported development and transform dilapidated food deserts into attractive, eco-friendly residential areas. The Michigan Urban Farming Initiative is launching the first urban agri-hood in the city of Detroit with the ambitious goal of tackling food insecurity by providing access to fresh local food, all while improving neighborhoods with added green spaces and community building programs. The project is developing a three-acre ag campus around an existing urban farm that supplies over 20,000 pounds of fresh produce to local residents, markets, restaurants, and food pantries. The farm features hundreds of varieties of organic vegetables, organic orchards, and a children's sensory garden. They'll also build a community resource center to provide educational programs, commercial kitchens, and a cafe. They will also install solar panels, retention ponds, public composting toilets, and a water harvesting cistern for irrigation. The intent is to redefine what urban life looks like by focusing on creating more sustainable, healthier communities. With hundreds of acres of vacant lots across the city, there's plenty of room to grow a greener, more beautiful future in Detroit, all while serving as a model for other cities to follow. And this is Mandy from goodnewsgoodplanet.com. My name is Darnell. At the end of our hour, here's some environmental news for the week of September 4, 2023. Democracy Now! reports. A new report finds air pollution reduces global life expectancy by 2.3 years, slightly more than the reduction caused by being a smoker. The study by the Energy Policy Institute at the University of Chicago concludes a fine particulate air pollution from vehicles, industrial emissions, wildfires, and other sources are the greatest external threat to public health. In South Asia, air pollution cuts life expectancy by an average of five years, with the air quality in New Delhi leading to a loss of more than 10 years on average. Inside Climate News Reports 
In states where natural disasters are becoming more common, builders are demanding more climate-resistant building material like steel-reinforced walls and wind-resistant glass. Developers face additional regulatory hurdles, including potentially dwindling access to flood insurance. Human activity and climate change increase the amount of carbon dioxide in the ocean, harming coral reefs and marine life. Researchers have designed a new technology using sodium hydroxide and sodium carbonate to remove carbon dioxide from ocean water, helping reverse acidification and reduce global warming. Studies show the ocean covers over 70% of the Earth's surface and has absorbed approximately 25% of carbon dioxide due to human activity. The ocean and atmosphere seek equilibrium by constantly exchanging carbon dioxide and various other gases. Because carbon dioxide found in the atmosphere and ocean are linked, carbon capture technology works in both the ocean and the atmosphere. More research is needed into seawater carbon dioxide capture technology, and that would be imperative given the rapid warming and acidification of the oceans. HR forecast reports. Happy Labor Day. Climate change has entrenched itself in global discourse and corporate investment strategy. Over two years, job posting related to climate change have more than doubled, affirming its significance in employment trends. Demand for climate change-related jobs is evident across all regions with technological advanced nations driving the trend. The spectrum of climate-related jobs spans diverse industries, while some positions explicitly relate to climate change mitigation, such as battery and carbon capture management. Others, like digital supply chain managers, are evolving into climate-friendly domains. The insurance, energy, and consulting sectors are at the forefront of recruiting climate-focused jobs. The surge in climate change-related jobs posting underscores a paradigm shift in corporate priorities with a growing demand for talent to address climate-related challenges. Kansas Reflector Report. Kansas regulators announced that a detailed financial audit shows Effergy's proposed $218 million rate hike are unjustified. The Kansas Corporation Commission announced it has determined Effergy should lower rates in the Kansas City area and slightly increase rates for the rest of the state. Kansas regulators also approved a robust set of energy efficiency program for Effergy customers after concerns the deal might fall apart. Programs can bring rebates and discounts on efficient HVAC systems and free thermostats to Effergy's Kansas customers. Missouri regulators have allowed energy efficiency program for years. The Sustainability Action Newsletter report. California's 2014 bag ban law focused on grocery stores, which can no longer give you one of those thin plastic bags, but they can sell a heftier sack made of high-density polyethylene, or HDPE. It's not a bad deal for the stores, which buy the bags for about five cents each and sell them for at least double that pocketing the profits. California was the state to enact 
packed a single-use bag ban in 2014. Eventually, the bag charges came back. The data supports the idea that, broadly, plastic bag bans in California have decreased plastic bag blight on our shores since 2010. But the statewide ban hasn't made much additional impact. When you're done with the HDPE bags, you're supposed to take them to a specifically marked bin inside a store to await transport to a specialized recycling facility. The California Grocer Association's internal polling showed the majority of the large grocery retailers have contracts for bag take-back bins with recycling companies. But a recent ABC News investigation put trackers inside dozens of these bins. Out of 46 trackers deployed nationwide, only four ended up at facilities that say they recycle plastic bags. NPR reports, U.S. Geological Survey in Lawrence, Kansas is collecting dead butterfly species from six states, Alabama, Georgia, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Texas, along with the deceased small and skippers to test if contaminants are leading to declining insect population. The states were chosen because they either are on the migration path of monarch butterflies, are in the corn belt where pesticides are heavily used or have a large presence on industrial farms. To send in an insect, it must be larger than two inches wide and not be listed as protected, endangered, or threatened species under state or federal law. Within the six states in the pilot program, the Mitchell's satyr butterfly is currently the only protected species. The insect should be placed in a resealable plastic bag, put in a sealed envelope, and mailed via United States Postal Service or delivered in person to USGS space LRC 1217 Biltmore Drive, Lawrence, Kansas 66049. Freeze the dead insect if you can't ship them within three days. Thanks for listening to the Equal Radio KC. Please tune in again next week or listen to our podcast at any time. Support for KKFI provided by the Kansas City Museum, located at 3218 Gladstone Boulevard. The Kansas City Museum is now open, featuring exhibits, programs, and experiences encompassing Kansas City's past, present, and future. You can find a full list of programs and events as well as ways to support at kansascitymuseum.org. You care for nitrous oxide this morning? Oh, would you like a little CO2 and toast? Some ozone over easy if the lead has made you queasy. These aren't the things of which utilities are apt to boast. Global warming feels so nice in the morning, uh, but it gets a bit oppressive by midday. The polar bears are dying, amphibians are frying, but we have electric blowers to blow our leaves away. If what we do is legal, then we should not be concerned. The GOP's not worried about the coal we have to burn. So would you care for nitrous oxide this morning? Or would you like a little CO2 and toast? Some sulfur with your tea, a little mercury. It's the cost of the conveniences that you and I love most.
Coast, a goodbye East Coast. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. Thank you for listening to Eco Radio KC on KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio. Eco Radio is brought to you each week by a team of collaborators, including me, Craig Lugo, Terry Wilking, Brent Rysdale, Bob Grove, and Dave Mitchell. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and not of KKFI and or the Midcoast Media Project. You can find our calendar and a podcast of each show on Eco Radio KC's Facebook page, as well as on our show page at kkfi.org. This is Richard Mabian, and you can send inquiries and comments to our email at kkfi.org forward slash contact or message us on our Facebook page. Up next is Fiesta Musicale, followed by Noche Magica. Our outro music is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you've got till it's gone Ooh.